This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And we are back, Nearside Low Podcast. I'm going to go with number eight or nine, Ray. I never seem to remember, but hey, that's okay. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, intro music. It has a little more up-tempo kind of uh, championship feel, as I like to say to it. Um, And as most of you know, we had the district seed meeting, I think, last Sunday. So we've got a lot of teams seeded, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But as we always like to start our, uh, our podcast off with, we want to hit off the uh, question of the week. And, of course, I'm going to let my illustrious co-host, Ray Kreinkamp, talk about that. Ray, what do we got? So uh, last week we had a couple of questions for you. Um, first, we asked uh, some parents to send in pictures um, as we're trying to update the header of the Missouri Water Polo website. So uh, this week we actually did get some pictures. We got a parent from DeSmet, um, as well as a few other random pictures from uh, a couple of various sources. Um we still would like to get a few more uh, just to have a, have a nice collection, but we really appreciate those of you that have already sent some pictures in um, and just encourage you. Um, we're going to be, I'm going I'm to be around the pool deck a lot this next coming week because I know you will be coach as well. So if we see a camera, we're probably going to come up to you and ask you to send in some pictures. Right. So, so yeah, we're, we're on to week three and I, I have seen Ray in action and he does not hesitate <laughs> to tap people on the shoulder and say, Please send in photos. So, you know, we're not looking for a thousand. So, you know, if you're a you know amateur photographer and you've got one or two that you're like, oh, that looks pretty sharp, send it in because we, we want to put up 10 or 12 of them and, and have at it. It would be good to update everything yearly. I mean, I'm sure Jelinek and Hoff are quite happy staying at the top of the Missouri Water Polo website, but we, we would like to get some, some different people up there and, and circulate pictures. So, uh, yeah, once again, please send in whatever, whatever you have. Right, and so uh, that's kind of a continuation, but we are also going to kind of jump in and talk a little bit about uh, another question of the week. I know, Ray, you mentioned earlier pre-podcast that uh, potentially tomorrow the all-conference teams might be coming out. Correct, correct. So uh, last weekend at the coaches' meeting as well, they also um, talked about uh, all-conference teams and did voting for that. So um, the word is, we'll, we'll see whether this comes true, but the word is that teams should be released on Friday morning um, it hopefully will be on the website uh, relatively soon after that. So um, now is the time on, on the forums. We'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, all conference player of the year, players of the year. Um, obviously, from that pool, we'll, the all district teams will get selected. So now is a great time just to hear who you thought played well. Once again, we we discourage negativity. We want everything out there to be positive. But it's always nice hearing people's different perspectives, especially those. People have been around and seen a number of different teams play. And up next, Ray, we usually roll into water polo in the news. And I was surfing Twitter, and our very own producer from KMOV Channel 4, referee extraordinaire also, John O'Sullivan, tweeted out a a little piece that they had done. Uh, it was titled, One-Armed Water Polo Player Seeks to Inspire Others to Overcome Obstacles. Um, and it obviously took place with the Pattonville Pirates in Maryland Heights. So um, there was a really nice piece on Madeline Hubbs. Um, she's a... Uh, female water polo player at uh, Pattonville, um, and it was really interesting. They've got a little video, they interview her and talk to her, and they've got a little article to kind of go go along with that. So 
Um, if you visit the KMOV.com, I think it was posted on April 27th of 2018. So you're going to have to go back a couple days. But, you know, that's uh, kind of something that I thought was pretty cool to see in the news. Um, I did notice it on Twitter also, so quite a few people tweeted it out. And I think it got picked up by some other bigger news agencies. So uh, that's kind of water polling the news. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in regards to that? No, I mean, that was, that was good. I mean, uh, it's on, it was tweeted out by Mo Waterpolo as well, but a nice story not only about Waterpolo, but um, just her, her actions outside of, outside of the pool um, inspiring others. So uh, very, very cool story. Congratulations, Madeline. Right, and we were, uh, we're a little delayed in getting to you. So, you know, as far as talking about games from the past, we have not touched on the Lindbergh Invitational yet. Right, so uh, Lindbergh Invite was held last weekend at Lindbergh, obviously. Um, it's always a great tournament because, um, I mean, this year, uh, I think we had the top seven or eight teams, uh, at least in the area that were there. Um, so it's always a nice, uh, lead up to the, uh, the seed meeting. Um, also had St. Patrick's from Illinois, who's a top 10 team in Illinois as well. So a lot of close games over the course of the weekend. Um, coach, any, any, any thoughts from your vantage point? Again, it's a great tournament. Thanks to Coach Butler and uh, the, uh, Lindbergh parents and JV players and uh, everybody for, for putting it on. It's a great, I mean, it's, we, we have a good time. Um, looking at the pool play, A, B, C, and D, I knew there were going to be some challenging games. We matched up with Lindbergh on, I think, Friday night uh, and ended up, I think, losing in the last, oh, I want to say, you know, minute or so. Um, so that was a really, really good game. Lost by a point there. Um, I know uh, I stuck around most of Saturday. Um, was pretty excited to see that desmet Ledoux matchup earlier in the day, and then also equally excited to see that uh, slu Ledoux matchup uh, later in the evening. As you noticed, you know, Mr. Jelinek took a photo of us poolside yeah. watch, watching yeah. that championship game. But um, a lot of close games, a lot of high-level water polo. Uh, super impressed. We actually matched up with St. Patrick's on Saturday, and as I told the boys, they just swam. I mean, they swam on us, and it was drive after drive after drive, and it was kind of fun to see Again, we talked about different styles of water polo, and that was definitely a different style. And we had to, you know, we wanted to press hard, but eventually we had to adjust and kind of get a little bit of a, a cushion on the defenders on the perimeter because they were just blowing by us. So it was fun to kind of kind of deal with that and have to tweak our defense that we're, we're, we're used to. So they played really well. And I think as of that time, they were maybe the sixth or seventh ranked team in, uh, in Illinois, which, is, which was pretty cool. So it was a pretty big win for us. Um, and then we obviously matched up with South later that night, and uh, South is playing great. Uh, they're they're a hungry team, um, definitely de- deserving of the sixth seed um, overall. But they at any given time, obviously they knocked us off. They took Ledoux or they took Desmet to a goal, I think four three or something like that. And yeah. then it Desmet invite, four. yeah five four. It Desmet invite. They lost to Lindbergh by a goal. So I mean they are a team that I think on any given day could could be seated in that three four or five spot. So. Yeah, two two teams that really stood out to me as well were, I mean, we just talked about Parkway South. I mean, they lost to the Smet by Wood, um, and then they beat Parkway West by Wood. But um, they're playing some good polo coming into the tournament. The Smet also looked very strong. Um, the Smet, uh, as we just talked about, beat beat South by Wood, um, and then uh, lost to Ledoux 6-4, to four, but close game there. And then a strong win um, against the Smet, um, or sorry, a strong win against Lindbergh, six to four um, in that uh, third place game. So uh, the Smets looking strong. On uh, the final, Slu uh, in the championship game, Slu beat Ledoux eight to two. Um, lot clo- inter- it was a lot closer yeah. than that. I mean, what? Yeah. At, at half, it was still relatively close, don't you think? Right, right, right. 
just uh, just an interesting game. It was pretty pretty physical physical game that was played. Um, so, I mean, Slu played well, but I, I don't necessarily think that game's going to be indicative of um, a potential rematch if it does happen. Um, so so we'll see we'll see how that goes. But um, the nice thing was a lot of close games and a lot of teams that are showing that. Uh, even though we've got the teams ranked one through sixteen or whatever it is, I think there's going to be multiple teams competing uh, for the final four as well. Right. As we could have we and I, yeah, we could definitely have some surprise final four uh, contestants there. I would agree. Uh, and and again, the, the game was was physical. The Slu Ludu game was great. Interesting to see kind of a different dynamic. Slu had an A team and a B team, and it's been a long time since I've seen you know one sub on the bench at at you know St. Louis U High, and so I think. In the past, that has been one of their strengths, being able to have you know two or three solid guys come off the bench to to give guys rest. But in this case, they decided to kind of take the tournament in a uh, a different fashion, but it still worked out well for them. So, uh, so leading into that, uh, so this upcoming weekend, now we roll into the the district tournament. Um, the first, actually, the first round of games actually occurred uh, Thursday evening. Uh, tonight is where as we're recording this on Thursday evening. So. Uh, the the first I guess I guess now the next eight games of the tournament are now set so um, we'll just run through the games that are coming up this Saturday May 5th so uh, in Lindbergh you're gonna have uh, Slu takes the number one seed and will be matched up against John Burroughs those teams haven't met at all this year 10, 10 15 years ago that was that was a big matchup but um, Slu takes on John Burroughs John Burroughs defeating Parkway North by two uh, this evening. Uh, and then, uh, after that at Lindbergh, you've got the 1230 game, which is going to be, uh, number two Ledoux against Lafayette. Uh, Lafayette, uh, lost to Ledoux earlier this year, 13 to nothing. So those first two at Lindbergh and then, uh, 145 Parkway West will take on Fort Zumwalt. And then, uh, later at three o'clock, Chabadon will take on Lindbergh. So those last two also matchups we haven't seen this season. So it'll be, I mean, it'll be nice for these teams to get to just see some other, other, other teams playing. Um, and then over at Kirkwood, Kirkwood is where, uh, some of the more interesting games may, may occur. Uh, so at 9 a.m., uh, number 10 MICDS will take on number seven Parkway Central. Those teams have not matched up yet this year, but, uh, that could be a close game. Uh, and then at 10:15 over at Kirkwood, Clayton will play Desmet. Uh, those two teams met earlier in the year. Uh, Desmet won 19 to four. And then uh, at 11:30 is probably the uh, most interesting game of the weekend. Is going to be number eight Kirkwood against number nine Marquette. Uh, those teams have matched up three times this season, and two of those games, the last two, have been decided by one goal margins. Both were five to four victories for Marquette, uh, but uh, that game could go either way and probably will be one of the more interesting games of the weekend. Um, and then the final game will be over at Kirkwood uh, later in the day at 1245, uh, Parkway South against CBC. So Kirkwood could definitely have some games where get uh, some close scores. So. Right. And just so our listeners know, like uh, you raised mentioned Lindbergh and Kirkwood, just so everyone knows, like, as these new all deep facilities are being built, we're trying to transition more and more of these district games into those facilities. So I think later on in the week, we've got a couple games that are going to be at MICDS, and then uh, we will eventually end up at the Recplex, I think, on Thursday and Saturday night. But they're trying to transition to, we call them the Big Four MICDS, Pattonville, Kirkwood, and Lindbergh to kind of host some of these games. 
Uh, it's a, a little cost effective for us, if, if that makes sense. But they're also great venues, and it's kind of exciting to have um, stuff maybe be a little bit closer to home um, so more people can attend. I know last year when we played uh, DeSmet at Kirkwood in the, would it be the semis, I guess, the final to get into the final uh, championship or third place, or yeah, to get in the final four, I apologize. I mean, the the crowd was packed and it was rocking and, and it was a good, it was a really good atmosphere and and that's something that I always look for as far as these games is the atmosphere and uh, yeah, it's fun to play in front of a crowd, especially if the crowd's rowdy and loud and um, it's just it's exciting for the boys and girls. So um, and then the other so then obviously the other tournament going on next weekend, which uh, or this upcoming week um, is going to be the JV tournament, which um, last year we talked about the JV tournament being extremely exciting because. Uh, multiple teams could win. I think this year is just the same, the same way where you've got, I mean, so we've got a bracket of 16 teams. At least the top five or six have either played each other to one goal games. Right. They've, yeah, or traded wins and losses, you know what I mean, throughout the season. I know, speaking from West, just talking to Coach Welch quite frequently, we beat Ledoux twice, but they beat us twice. You know, we beat SLU once, they beat us once. So it's been, you know, it's been back and forth. So I think on any given day, uh, depending on who shows up, there should be some pretty uh, some pretty action-packed games, similar to last year. So and the JV tournament actually starts on Friday, May 4, so a number of you are probably listening to this. Um, some of those games will be across the area, either Chaminade, Parkway West, Lafayette, Lindbergh. Uh, but then as we move later in the week, it goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday is at Lindbergh and Ledoux, and then Wednesday and Friday are at Lindbergh. So should be some real close games on the JV side as well. So uh, we've got an action-packed weekend, and I think right we're going to try and come back on, I want to say, Wednesday of next week. Is that right? Release something Thursday morning for the final? Because by then we'll have determined who the final four are. Is that correct? Uh, correct. So uh, we'll know, uh, yeah, the final four. Uh, we'll have a guest analyst on with us. So, uh, Don, are you listening? We're, we'll, throw, we'll throw it out there. We're hoping to have you on Wednesday night to analyze the final four with us like last year. So uh, hopefully you're you're listening and you can accept that um, that's when you hear back from us again. And uh, we've got some other stuff in the works that even though the season is wrapping up, we want to continue to, to uh, we've really liked interviewing people that might not necessarily be tied into Missouri water polo. Um, so we've got a couple leads on some people outside of Missouri that um, we think will be interesting for you guys to listen to. So we're trying to track them down and and uh, get those recordings done. Ray, you got so, anything else you want to add? Oh, yeah, yeah go a ahead. A few, few more things. So, yeah, uh, we're going to have a couple guests on uh, in the next couple weeks dealing a little bit more with college stuff. I think you guys are going to find uh, some of those guests very interesting. I also wanted to throw a shout-out to uh, Alex Figueres, who signed his uh, letter of intent to go play over at uh, Pomoda Pitzer next year. I'm uh, really excited for Alex uh, to continue playing. Um, once again, just highlights um, how, uh, how how nice it is to have a team like Slap playing in the high school league this year, giving kids who go to schools that may not have water polo a chance to play uh, during the high school season. Also, just wanted to throw a shout-out now that we're done with the regular season. Uh, so the, the stats are all out online. Uh, just go through a couple of the, the top ones. So our points leader this year is Thomas Larson from DeSmet with 214. Larson also led the area in goals. Uh, John Burke from Slough High was the leader in assists. John McCabe from Slough High uh, was the leader in goals against average. And Solomon Cohen from Marquette was the leader in saves. But uh, you guys can go out there and check all those out. Uh, but that is how the season ended. Obviously, stats 
aren't the end-all be-all, but I uh, just wanted to throw some recognition out to those guys as well. Uh, that kind of wraps up our brief, uh, actually I guess we're at about 25 minutes right, so it's not too brief, uh, our, our, our Near Side Low podcast as we roll into districts. Uh, we hope you enjoy the listen. This is Charlie. This is Ray. And we are signing off.